Welcome to It's All Anonymous. I'm your host, Oscar Ruto. This is a podcast dedicated to the lessons I have learned in Alcoholics Anonymous. My intention is to find a way, with your help, dear listeners, to use the 12 steps, not just in recovery, but in all aspects of life. Join me on this journey of spiritual progress. Here we go. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, another week, another podcast. This is It's All Anonymous with me, your host, Oscar Ruto. And for all those who have been following the podcast regularly, you are aware that I did not record on Friday. I won't tell you the reason why right now. I think I'm going to bring that up at the end of the podcast. And I think it will be a good way to close the podcast today. So this will be the Monday episode. Either way, so uh, as you all know, for those who have been regular, regularly listen to the podcast, that this should be step five. Funny thing is that going through the AA literature, I came to the I came to the realization that I was unwittingly doing step five, and the reason I say this is because the following is because of what step five is. Let me read what step five is to you. Step five: admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So the reason why I believe I've been unwittingly doing step five is because I've been admitting the exact nature of my wrongs, my shortcomings on this podcast. Well, not, not entirely everything, but I've been doing bits and pieces here and there. So I'm going to read you an extract from the AA literature. It goes like this. All of AA's 12 steps ask us to go contrary to our natural desires. They all deflate our egos. When it comes to ego deflation, Few steps are harder to take than, than five. But scarcely any step is more necessary to long-time sobriety, than peace, uh, no, sobriety and peace of mind than this one. Once again, I'm going to clarify by saying this is not a podcast about time to quit drinking. It is just me walking through the steps myself and seeing how this can impact my life outside of AA. So I'm going to proceed. AA experience has taught us we cannot live alone with our pressing problems and the character defects which cause or aggravate them. If we have swept the searchlight of step four back and forth over our careers, it has revealed in stark relief those experiences we'd rather not remember. If we have come to know how wrong thinking and action have hurt, have hurt us, us and others, then the need to quit living by ourselves with those tormenting ghosts of yesterday gets more urgent than ever. We have to talk to somebody about them. Pause. There's a book uh, I've read a couple of times called Radical Honesty by a man called Richard Blanton, I believe. He is, I don't know if he is or he was, a psychotherapist. And from his decades of practice, he came to the conclusion that the only way for modern man, or maybe man, at, for that matter, man, period, for that matter, uh, to find serenity, to find peace, is to be honest about absolutely everything. Right? To say what you did, good or bad, to be honest about what you think about something, about a situation, to stop, to drop the walls of politeness, basically, to live radically honest. Now, uh, the author does go into the idea that, uh, the book, the book rather, goes into the idea of how the notions of enlightenment or maybe a spiritual awakening are according to religious texts, you know, where they're talking about salvation through Christ or you know, awakening in Buddhism and Hinduism is the idea of living in truth, speaking the truth. And he actually quoted something from the Bhagavad Gita that says, if you speak the truth long enough, eventually your word becomes universal law. 
or that's just something to think about. Okay, I'm going to proceed with the extract. So intense, though, is our fear and reluctance to do this that many AAs at first try to bypass step five. We search for an easier way, we usually, which, which usually consists of the general and fairly painless admission that when drinking, we were sometimes bad actors. Then, for good measure, we add dramatic effects. We add dramatic descriptions of that part of our drinking behavior, which our friends probably know about anyway. So the idea here, as far as my opinion is concerned, as far as I'm concerned, is that as the drinker, Oscar, for instance, I will drink and misbehave. And as, as I'm recalling the events of the previous night or whatever to my friends or, or whatnot, I will exaggerate some, or some aspects of the night to make myself seem less bad and more interesting. Does that make sense? I'm going to give an example of, once again, from the book East of Eden. There is one character called Kate, and from what, how she is described in the book, she appears to be a psychopath. But Kate never quite told lies. She just gave half-truths and let the other individual fill in the blanks. And I guess this is what AA is telling us, right? AA is telling us the same thing right here. Okay, to proceed. But of the things which really, which really bother and burn us, we say nothing. Certain distressing and or humiliating memories we tell ourselves ought not to be shared with anyone. These will remain our secret. Not a soul must ever know. We hope they'll go to the grave with us. Now, I've been married for close to a decade now. And I have kept many secrets from my wife. Well, I, I don't anymore, rather. Yeah, I don't anymore. I try not to, for, for the most part. And I can say that when, you keep, when I'm keeping a secret from my wife, I hope that this secret, depending on how big, big it is, will go to the grave with me. But the truth of the matter is that that secret won't go to the grave with me. It's going to take me to the grave faster. Let me explain. If I do, if I commit Act A and I feel guilty about Act A and I don't want my wife to know about Act A, I'm going to be walking around with that guilt on my face and on my shoulders. I'm going to avoid eye contact with my wife. I'm going to avoid having long conversations with my wife because I know having any conversation might lead me down that path where I might have to reveal this secret. So my wife is going to wonder, hey, Oscar, you've been acting strange lately. You haven't been talking to me as much. You don't look at me the way you used to. What's happening? Right? The secret won't, won't go to the grave with me. It's going to take the relationship with the grave faster. That's for sure. To proceed. Yet, if AA's experience means anything at all, this is not only unwise, but is actually a perilous resolve. Few muddle attitudes have caused us more trouble than holding back on step five. Some people are unable to stay sober at all. Others would relapse periodically until they really clean house. Even AA old-timers sober for years often pay dearly for skimping this step. They will tell how they try to carry the load alone, how much they suffer, suffered of irritability, anxiety, remorse, and depression, and how unconsciously seeking relief they will sometimes accuse even their best friends of the very character defects they themselves are trying to conceal. I know I do this for sure where I project my own inferiorities onto others, my own internal strife onto others because it's easier to deal with problems in others than in, in myself for the most part. Okay, to proceed. Uh, they always discovered that relief never came by confessing uh, they always discovered that relief never came by confessing the sins of other people. Everybody had to confess his own. 
This practice of admitting over admitting one's defects to another person is of course very ancient. It has been validated in every century and characterizes the lives of all spiritually centered and truly religious people. But today religion is by no means the sole advocate of this saving principle. Psychiatrists and psychologists point out the deep need every human being has for uh, for practical insight and knowledge of his own personality flaws and for a discussion of them with an understanding and trustworthy person. I'm talking about so Richard Blanton the author Richard Blanton the author of radical uh, radical not radical anxiety <laughs> radical honesty he was a psychiatrist Jordan Peterson who actually he's a practicing psychiatrist or psychologist I'm not sure either way so Jordan Peterson had this really interesting quote where he said that when he when a patient comes to him it's because they believe so because something bad has happened in their lives has prompted them to come and see a psychiatrist now he will ask them what do you think caused this problem and they will say okay it was issue a okay what happened before issue a oh it was issue b and not happened before issue b it was issue c and they will go down the list and find out oh all of these problems were caused by maybe one lie right and the idea he gave was that you cannot twist the fabric of reality without it snapping back it's not possible the lie is always going to come to the foreground eventually and maybe not obviously but somehow that thing is going to affect everything else you know it's like everything matters everything matters and he says it brilliantly that's why we call things matter you know because everything does matter everything you say every lie every truth it all matters okay so uh, sorry for the noise to proceed Mm, so far as alcoholics are concerned aa will go even further most of us will declare that without a fearless admission of our defects to another human being we could not stay sober it seems plain that the grace of god will not enter to expel our destructive obsessions until we are willing to try this and that will be the end of the excerpt for today uh, i will proceed with that it's the entire chapter on step 5 from the aa literature uh, so the reason why i've been trying to uh, I've been avoiding this step is basically because of that uh, you have to admit your flaws your shortcomings to to you know to God and to another human being you know it's kind of to be honest it's kind of easy to admit to God you know I'm, I'm sitting alone in a room with no one around and just being honest to the man with the man in the sky about the things I did well no one no other human being gets to hear that but me being me I'm trying to do that you know on a public for, on a public platform it's hard it's frightening because i have an image that i'm trying to create i want people to see me a certain way and if people knew everything i've done well that image goes out the window and maybe the most dishonest thing about me and maybe most of mankind today is that we try to create an image we work so hard to craft an image that we believe to be good an image that will serve us a purpose but underneath it all is the truth and the truth is that goodness that thing that i as oscar aspire for it's only a flash let me give you an example of what i mean i i love i love to believe that i'm disciplined and diligent you know but And I take great pride in the fact that I wake up at 5:30 to go to the gym or go to a run. But truth be told, there have been several days when I haven't done that simply because I didn't hear the alarm. 
does that then imply that Oscar is undisciplined? Well, obviously not, because the day before that, I did wake up at 5.30. And maybe the following day, I also did wake up at 5.30. But I've also missed a couple of days. So maybe the truth is, Oscar is disciplined sometimes. Oscar is undisciplined other times. Oscar is honest sometimes, but most of the time Oscar isn't honest. You know, and, but I don't want to, re- to reveal the aspects of my character that go against the image I'm trying to create. So I, will, I fail to say that, hey, I've missed a couple of days of waking up at 5.30. I only say, I usually wake up at 5.30. Let you fill in the blanks. So people don't hear the usually. People only hear they wake up at 5.30. You know, and they are, wow, that's amazing. And that's the image I want to create. But that's a lie. That, that's a lie. I mean, I wake up at 5.30. Sometimes, not all the time, that's the truth. But even as I say that now, I feel like something is kind of breaking. You know, like, I don't want the world to know this. Another example, which is pretty, about the podcast I've been pretty good with recording on Monday and Friday and that made me feel stable that I have something under control. I'm doing things right. But on Friday, I was supposed to record and truth be told, I just forgot. And I got, went to bed you know, at 11.30 as I usually do and I was in bed thinking, oh my God, the podcast. You know? <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It's too late. It's too late. It's done. I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> so, so was I undisciplined then? Yes, definitely I was undisciplined. You know, I, I definitely failed to follow my own word to myself. You know, I failed myself. And that's what I mean. It's like the truth is just a moment. The truth is fleeting. Like love, love is fleeting, you know, it's... I was having this discussion with my wife at some point. We were talking about how when we first got together, it was a deep, deep love. Maybe it was, it was the feeling of, it was romantic love, you know. It's how people are when they first start dating. You know, you're all about each other. It's like the world revolves around you too. But at some point, love ceases to be that way. And you realize love is hard work. Love is setting up dates. Love is listening to stories you'd rather not hear. Love is standing, pausing that show you really want to watch so you can hear your spouse complain about something you care nothing about. You know, love is your spouse coming to the gym with you just so that she can have an extra with your day. You know, love is willing to have some uncomfortable fights. You know, it's like at some point, love is an enormous act of will. Just like the truth. Sometimes it takes an enormous act of will to reveal the truth that I am not that image I'm trying to create. I am flawed. I am a deeply flawed character. A deeply flawed individual. And I believe most people are. But we try our best to do what's right. And we fall short and... More, more than dispo- disappointing other people or disappoint ourselves, at least I know I feel disappointed in myself when I fail myself. When I don't wake up at 5.30, I'm, you best believe I'm beating myself up, up for that whole day. You know? I think saying all of this, it's, it seems like it's nothing I'm saying, but it feels really heavy, even for me. 
anyway to finish the podcast i'm going to read a poem this so i'm just going to start off by saying i am a self published poet my work anthology on demonology a poetic discourse with the possessed is available on amazon it is very affordable but if you're not willing to buy it for whatever reason do not fret i'll be reading a poem from that book per episode however today i'll be reading a poem that i wrote last i wrote last night i was i was i just i was watching something actually watching the jeff dahmer series on netflix and i got a feeling in me so i just went to the fire escape lit a cigarette and wrote a poem and this is the poem i wrote i hope you enjoy it is still untitled it either way it goes like this there's something in there not the t- tobacco smoke lingering from midnight talk it's here these inches parting red these inches of parting oh i'm going to start again to make it better i i messed up there's something in there not the tobacco smoke lingering from a midnight talk it's here these inches of parting red sea on the sheets that wasn't there before not last decade not last year but look what what's that there it's in there remnants of a dying love can you smell it it's got a bloody hue it's in you fuck have i got it too have i got the devil in my ear probably do he's been saying there ain't much i can do it's all you 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 i've been good god this serenity as proof but you i can smell murder across this gulf so the poem is untitled uh, maybe i'll work on it a bit more but felt really good writing it anyway if you want to reach out uh, with comments feedback whatever you can find me on instagram uh, at oscar ruto that is o s c a r r u t o at oscar ruto thank you so much for your support and i look forward to making and delivering a friday episode by the end of the week thank you so much and have a wonderful wonderful week ahead goodbye